past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant and you are in for a treat today because one of our listeners wrote and said that she wanted us to cover a topic and so we are going to do that and we've got some career thought leaders, colleagues here on the line that are going to help us cover this topic. So today we're going to be talking about how to get a good start in your new job while you're starting virtually. And this is a new challenge that a lot of people are facing. You're starting your new job, but you're remote you don't get to meet everyone. And how do you get integrated into the office and make a good first impression and start your career off at your new company on a good foot? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to go through kind of the 30, 60, 90 day plan and what that looks like and what that means. Then we're going to talk about what that looks like virtually. How does that how does that look virtually? Some of the mistakes to avoid, some of the pitfalls to avoid. And then how do you keep your visibility virtually throughout, you know, not just the first 90 days, but throughout. And for those of you who may not be new to a job, you'll get some good tips throughout, but definitely in this section where we talk about how to maintain your visibility while you're virtual. So our first speaker today is going to be Lucy Samuels. And Lucy Samuels is a communication and career coach who helps people combine their communication skills and confidence to really grow their career. So Lucy, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Marie. Yeah, so you are going to share kind of the the baseline here of a 30, 60, 90-day plan. What should people be thinking about? What questions should they be asking when they're starting a new job? Absolutely. So I first want to say how crucial it is in any work environment to have an idea of what success looks like at 30, 60, 90 days. Obviously beyond that too, but today we're just talking about starting a job. And if we could just step back for a moment and think about the job search process before you land that new role, there are some companies that are now including a 30, 60, 90 day plan in the job description. Obviously it's general, but it's really helpful for people who are maybe getting lost in a sea of bullet points and you know, they're feeling underqualified for a role. So looking at that plan can just kind of help you figure out how you might be able to develop your current skill set once you actually start the job. And not only does it help to understand, um, help you to understand what's expected of you in the job, it's also a great launching pad for asking questions during an interview. So instead of just asking general, broader questions, you know, it's always a topic for clients, what do I ask the interviewer? Um, You can ask them something that's in that 30, 60, 90 day plan. I'm always encouraging clients to say, what does success look like in this role at 30, 60, and 90 days? Now, if they've already kind of mapped that out for you, then you can get even more detailed with that question. So then once you start the job, if you're fortunate, um, more than likely a a company will have mapped this out for you, right? They'll have an idea of what success looks like and they'll communicate that to you. Now, that's an ideal setup. And even if you have that from the company, I'd still encourage you to take an active role in creating that plan. Um, Add to it. Ask questions about it. It. Really get clear on what's expected of you. Find out who you're reporting to and who else that you need to work with. A lot of times we know our manager, but we don't realize that a lot of other folks will be talking to our manager about our success in the role. And so everyone should be on the same page. So just talking to lots and lots of people and getting clear. And I always recommend um, putting things in writing, whether it's a Google Doc, whether it's, you know, whatever it is that your company uses and adding on to it. So I would say that for each of these phases, for the first 30 days, the first uh, the second 30 days and the last 30 days of, you know, your job in a new role, I would say you need to find out, know, get clear about what your focus is, right? What should you really be focusing on? 
what are the company's priorities? What is what is the team working on that everyone needs to be a part of? Um, and then for you, what are your learning goals? Like, are you expected to learn new software? Are you expected to um, develop a new vocabulary maybe? Um, if you are, then where should you be in that vocabulary in the first 30 days? And then for each of those things, I would encourage you to have a concrete metric. How do you know when you're actually successful? So if your goal is to learn, I don't know, um, new acronyms, then how do you know when you're successful? When you can rattle them off or whether it's maybe you can participate in the meeting and know what people are talking about. Like, what is the metric there? And then I'd also encourage you to have performance goals. What are some of the things that will say, you know, I really did well. I was I was charged with um, my last role, personally, I was asked to do a newsletter. So I need to know, like, what is, what is my goal here? Am I supposed to have a particular open rate? Am I supposed to, you know, encourage more people to sign up? Am I supposed to get this out in a certain amount of time? Like, what is the goal here? And how will I know when I've attained it? So I'm recommending that you do that at every single part of this 30, 60, 90 day plan for each phase. And then um, because I I really believe in talking to people, and I know Nicolette is going to get a little bit more into this um, with the virtual piece. You should also have a running list of who you're supposed to be talking to. Um, not everyone that you should be talking to is going to be a part of your onboarding plan. So this is where you supplementing your own uh, 30, 60, 90 day plan comes in handy. Asking people, well, is there anyone else that I should be talking to? Maybe there are other people who maybe your manager or coworkers didn't really think about when they were putting this together for you, or maybe they didn't put anything together and you're coming up with it uh, from scratch. Either way, always be asking, who else should I be talking to? Find out more about their role and where where you fit in. Um, those are the, some of the things that I would say make a really strong 30, 60, 90 day plan. And also not just creating it, but taking the time to go back, taking the time to assess where you are and actually follow up on those things. If you were told that you needed to get something out and this was the metric if you didn't meet that metric then why not what tools do you need what support do you need so that way you can speak up and ask for the support that you need before it becomes a problem before it becomes something that oh we're not happy with your performance you're being more proactive and taking taking this different approach to your own success in a new role and i know that um for a lot of people not having you know, someone who kind of takes you around with a clipboard and introduces you to everyone, um, shows you where your desk is going to be or where your office is going to be. I know that can feel a little bit odd for some folks and um, has a different ring to it. But I'm telling you that I really firmly believe, and I've experienced this myself, that it is possible to do even in a virtual environment. And I'm going to leave it to Nicolette to talk a little bit more about that. Well, so actually, before we move move on here, Lucy, just share, like, how would someone get started? Let's say they're starting a new job, and there isn't a lot of structure. There isn't a 30, 60, 90 day plan there. There isn't a whole bunch of structure, whether they're virtual or in person. What would you say is the the first thing that they want to do to make sure that they start to get this plan created? I know that you mentioned that I'm supposed to do X. Um, can you let me know what that should look like? Or is there any, you know, is there, can I possibly see what this has looked like in the past? What did you think was successful or not successful about the way this was done previously? If you're new to a job, you will definitely have to ask questions. Maybe there's not a situation where people will sit down with you and walk you through this. Um, ask if you can get on their calendar and tell them what you'd like to talk about and maybe give them some specific questions that you'd like to get some clarity around rather than just say, hey, can I talk to you um, when you have time? I mean, this is an important meeting that you want to have. And so letting them know in advance what you'd like to talk about gives them time to prepare or maybe even share a draft with them and say, I created this. Um, I sketched out this 30, 60, 90 day plan and I'd love to get your thoughts on these three things here. 
Yeah, so getting it started can be helpful, sharing it to other people. Thank you so much, Lucy, and you're going to stick around and and chime in again, but we are going to introduce Nicolette Barrett. Nicolette is the Get Hired Strategist, and Nicolette, we are going to go to break here in just a minute, but before we do that, let's hear your first tip on mistakes that people can avoid when they're getting started in a virtual space. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Marie, for having me. I am uh, always a not such a big fan of email before you get to know people. So people fall into the trap of sending email instead of just picking up the phone. So I'd rather you pick up the phone and just ask a question, especially when you're in a virtual situation, because sometimes intent of email can't go um misunderstood. So that's what I'll say at that. And then after break, I'll go into more detail. Excellent. So Nicolette Barrett and Lucy Samuel, thank you so much for your tips thus far. We are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue to talk about how you can succeed in getting started in a virtual job, or maybe you've been working in a virtual job for a little bit, but you feel like you could have some better execution and in getting to engage with your team. So we'll have some more tips for you as well. And we'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are talking with Lucy Samuel, Nicolette Barrett, Carol Parker Walsh, and Melanie Mitchell about how you can start off the right foot at a new job, especially virtually. So Lucy shared a little bit about a 30, 60, 90 day plan and how you can get started with that. And then Nicolette, you had started to share some of the pitfalls that people want to watch out for when they're starting a new job virtually. And you were talking a little bit about email and uh, how that gets in our way. So what what do you recommend people do instead, especially when they're getting started, but really anytime we have a delicate matter to, to address with people? Yeah. So one, one of the things that happens is that, again, people are so busy that it's usually um, easier just to send a quick 
email. However, sometimes email can come across, especially for a sensitive um, situation or when you're getting to know someone, trying to get someone to understand who you are, your tone. If they don't already know you, they can mistakenly take your email as um, judgment, as a negative feedback, or why are you questioning me? All kinds of things can go into people's heads. And then that was um, set up a kind of a block between building that relationship. So I am a big fan of first allowing yourself to get to know people by picking up the phone so they can understand the tone of your voice, your intent, where you're coming from, and build that rapport. So when you're building that rapport, it also sets the stage to build your brand. And that brand, your brand is crucial when it comes to being very new and it's a virtual environment. You're coming in. Not only are you working on your 30, 60, 90 day plan, but you have to make sure inside of that plan that you build those relationships. Even though virtual is going on right now and it's so awesome to be able to work from home, picking up the phone to build that relationship is going to be key. Before shooting off a lot of emails, asking questions, trying to get the understanding and the lay of the land or what have you. So set up a quick meeting. Use Zoom, you know, Skype or whatever you, the company is allowing you to utilize and do a phone call. And if you want to get on camera, that's even better. And when you're on there, make sure they hear the smile in your voice. So when you're on the phone call, the smile on your voice is awesome. Or if you want to get on the camera, have that smile on in your voice as well or, or your, on your face so people can get to know you so they can understand your tone and your voice. Yeah, that and that video is so powerful now that we're visual and we don't want to overdo it. We don't want to overuse it. But when you do have that opportunity to connect with people on video, it gives them a chance to really see you. And that is so important. And we can underestimate its power or shy away from it a little too much. We don't like I said, you don't want to overdo it, but there there is so much power there. What other pitfalls would you have people avoid when they're getting started virtually? Well, when they're getting started, making sure that all the equipment actually works, because a lot of times we have to make sure that our internet is working as well. So we may have the capabilities for within our company, but if your own personal internet is not working, then you can be seen as not being prepared and not um, having the foresight to know these things need to be in order before you start working a job, especially virtually. So it wouldn't hurt to call your provider to just ask what kind of bandwidth that you have to make sure that it's able to handle the systems that the new job is asking you to utilize. So I will make sure that I have all of that in place, practice and make sure all of the systems work. And if not, make a list and then making sure you get on the board and asking someone to assist you. So when your uh, first day is, is gone, uh, done and gone, that you have all your systems in place ready to go. And I say first day because usually you're doing a lot of that troubleshooting. But if you're allowing it just to sit and not do anything, that's an issue. And I'm actually laughing about it because I have a situation right now where someone was not even logging into the phone for almost two months at the organization I work for. And one of the things that it was so funny, it's like, okay, you didn't think to ask anybody or call anybody to get technical on the phone. You just hung out. So guess what? That person's on the verge of maybe not being with the employed anymore. So you want to make sure that you're getting people involved in any kind of technicalities that you have. And and communicate. Let someone know that you are having issues. Yeah, and communication is so much more important when we're virtual. This is one of the things I'm hearing over and over again from people that when you're on a meeting, you know, following up with those notes is that much more important. And every little thing that we can do to maintain that communication is even that much more critical when we're when we're virtually because you don't have that stop in the hallway. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you whatever. That that's not going to happen. So you have to be more intentional about it. Any last tips that that you would add? No, just be um, outside of those things, making sure they're mindful about the email, build those relationships, pick up the phone, build the rapport, understand the tone coming across on an email, and making sure they're putting the smile in their voice when they're calling and also when they're on the Zoom. And please communicate with all parties involved so no one has any misunderstanding that could tarnish your brand. 
Yeah, and that tech piece is so important when you're first getting started, as you were saying, to just make sure that you're clear on the technology, you're engaging people and helping you get it set up. Uh, nothing worse than letting that get in the way of, of you getting your job done. I feel bad for that person in your organization who's that that's getting in their way. Well, thank you so much, Nicolette. I know you have to hop off. We really appreciate your your sharing and that was Nicolette Barrett and uh, you can find her pretty easily on LinkedIn and the Get Hired Coach so thank you for jumping on Thank you so much Marie for having me Bye ladies, have a good day Bye. Yes, thank you So our next expert up to share is Dr. Carol Parker-Walsh and Carol, you're going to talk a little bit about how this first 30 days virtually it is a little bit different, maybe a little bit more in addition to what Lucy was talking about those first 30 days. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here. <laughs> yeah, those first 30 days are really critical. Um, you know, even I, I coach my clients on who are starting remotely, but I've also experienced it way before it was even really in fashion. So I know firsthand what it means to really establish yourself and to establish your positioning within the organization very quickly early on. So I like to say there's three things that you want to do. You want to manage yourself. You want to manage your boss and you want to manage your networks, right? And so the first thing that when I say manage yourself, and Nicolette touched on this as well about your technology, but you really want to set up your home office as command central. You don't want to try to think you can work remotely and set yourself up in a way or space that's not really conducive for you to be at your optimal best. If you can have a place where there's a door that you can close, if there's meetings where you can have a file system, where you can really position yourself um, successfully, that's going to be really important. The other thing is you want to build boundaries so that you have start and stop times. One of the worst things that people do when they're working remotely is they think they have to overcompensate for not being in the office, so they work continuously and nonstop. And so they make themselves available all day and night. They're sending emails at 10 o'clock at night. They're answering the phone at 5 in the morning. They're not taking lunch. They're not taking breaks because they feel they have to be available. So they're not creating the proper boundaries around themselves so they can work most effectively. I always say it's really about quality and not quantity. So being visible isn't about being there all the time. It's about showing up for when you're expected to show up and providing the information that is necessary for you to be as successful as you possibly can. So less sometimes is more, but you definitely want to make sure that you've created a system within your home office or your home space to be effective and make sure you build those boundaries around yourself. The other thing, when I say manage your boss, um, from that perspective, I mean, really understand the strategic initiatives that are that are um, your, that was handed out from the organization for your boss and your particular department or the team that you're a part of. Make sure you are sitting down, touching base with your boss and your manager to know what what's the strategic plan for us? What are the goals that we have to touch base with, that we have to successfully be able to meet? What are the metrics? What are the things that we have to make sure we're doing successfully? and you want to understand how your role fits in with that. That way you can know everything you do is aligned to that strategic initiative and it's going to make your boss look good, your team look good, and of course you look good as well. It also lets you know that if you're being assigned things that aren't quite aligned with that strategic initiative, that you know what to say yes to and what to say no to and how to have that conversation with your boss or manager to let them know that whatever's being assigned may not be the best thing to be assigned to you because it's outside of the scope of the strategic goals and initiatives that were set for your particular department team and how your role really can be better utilized to meet those metrics. And then finally, you know, Nicolette talked about this, but you want to manage your networks. I always say that when you get in there, particularly when you're working remotely, you want to network up 
down, across, and around. And what I mean by that is that you definitely want to set up time, particularly in those first 30 days while you're getting to know the strategic plan, the direction for your role, you're making that connection and relationship with your boss, is to meet those in your team. Meet anyone that you'll be working with collectively, and then also make sure that you are networking up. So you're meeting people who are above or around at your boss's level so that they can also know who you are and your impact in the organization. You want to also, when I say network down, I mean also get to know the executive assistants, get to know who supports some of the leadership in the organization. Um, The other departments that you may be working with or having some relationship with where you need data or information or supplies or materials, you want to connect with them. And then also you want to network around. So meet the stakeholders, meet other key players within the organization, set up quick little 15-minute chats, do it visually, don't just do it over the phone so that people can see you, they can connect with you, they can identify you as somebody who's a player in the organization. And if you're wondering what to say and why should you meet with them, just ask them how does your role impact their role and how can you make sure that if they have any suggestions to really either improve relationships, to up-level relationships, to make sure that there is any kind of improvement in terms of the service delivery, if there's any kind of connection or things of that nature between what you're doing and others in the organization. Meeting with the executive assistants or those who are reporting to upper-level leadership is also great because if you need to meet with them or connect with them, you know who the gatekeepers are and how to connect with them so that you can always be top of mind when things are going on within the organization. So my three things are definitely manage yourself, manage your boss, and manage your network. I love it. That's so great. Well, we are, we're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, we'll dissect that just a little bit. And then we're also going to hear from Melanie a little bit more detail on especially managing yourself, because that is a big one. And, And as you were saying, it's a hard thing for people to do when they're virtual. So we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk to Carol a little bit about some of those tips more in depth, and then hear from Melanie about the importance of managing yourself. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello, and welcome back to The Career Confidant, and we are glad you're here, and you've probably got some great tips thus far from our group of career thought leaders. So we had Lucy Samuel sharing some information about 30, 60, 90-day plans. Then we heard from Nicolette Barrett 
about how you can avoid some of the pitfalls of starting a virtual job. And now we're talking to Dr. Carol Parker-Walsh about how you can implement her three tips for virtual success. And Carol, you talked a little bit about managing your boss. And, uh, you know, this is such an important topic, but it's hard for people when when their boss is new. So I wondered if you might give a few tips for especially maybe our younger professionals getting started and might be intimidated by this idea of managing their boss. What what can they do? How can they make this fit into something that's comfortable for them? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the best way to do that is to just stay focused on role, responsibility, and strategic initiatives, because that really is the thing that levels the playing ground across the board. When you sit down and have a conversation and ask your manager, hey, what are what were some of the goals that we have, some of the metrics we need to meet? What were some of the things that you were told, you know, as you're leading our team, leading our department, that you want to make sure that we meet? What are those metrics? What are those things that we want to make sure that we accomplish so that we know that we're performing at the highest level in the organization? Let's sit down and talk about those. Let's talk about your roles and let's talk about my role in that. I really want to make sure that whatever I'm doing is going to support you at the highest possible level and make the best possible contribution to the organization. When you align yourself at that level, it helps you to really, even whether you're new whether your boss is new, actually, if your boss is new, it's even better because then you can join, lock arms together and be in it together. And it's so reassuring for a boss or a manager to hear someone say, I want to be the best possible support to you and make you look good, make our team look good, make our department look amazing. I mean, no boss in the world is going to hate that. Okay. So if you come in the door, whether you're new, they're new, and you're wondering how to build that connection, that's the best possible road to do that. And then just do those periodic check-ins. Say, I would love to schedule uh, a 30-day check-in just just for my first 30 days, my next 60 and 90, you know, like Lucy laid out, just to make sure we are on the same page. I'm moving in the right direction for you. That that what I see from my role, yeah, I may want to improve this or change this or add that or augment this because I think that'll help us be better. So that's the best way to build that initial connection with your boss is to join them in their goals, in their strategic plans that they have to meet and let them know you have their back 100%. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you for adding that. Yeah. And yeah, thank you so much. That's great tips. And I know you're going to stay on here for a little bit and we are going to invite Melanie. So Melanie, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Yes. So you had some ideas a little bit more on how people can manage it. And I'm just going to kind of use Carol's language here, how they can manage themselves as they get started with a virtual job. Yeah, I think when you work remotely, you may prefer to keep a lower profile. I mean, I know being in your home, you know, you want to kind of sometimes be, you know, it can be it can be a little bit harder to like get out of that cocoon. But I, in the very beginning, especially if you're starting a brand new job, it's really in your best interest to increase your visibility at work as much as possible. So um, professionally, it's more likely you'll get more recognition for your accomplishments. You'll be able to start maintaining and building stronger relationships, even with a virtual team. And it can help you stay in the loop about company information, stay in sync with projects, and overall just develop developing a strong presence. So, you know, as we mentioned, um, as you mentioned earlier, Marie, you know, we don't want to overuse the video chat, but one of the, you know, one of the things that you may want to really consider doing is really turning on that camera, especially during a virtual meeting. So, um, when you're checking in with your boss or your other colleagues, because that's going to be really important to increasing your visibility overall, having that FaceTime can quickly boost that. Also, just like when we were back in school um, you, and you got, you know, you were graded on the participation in class, speak up during meetings. Um, this is going to increase your visibility as well. When your colleagues, you know, maybe scattered across the, you know, the country or even the globe in some strong p- places, having a strong voice, particularly if you're 
you know, if your team is only using phone calls to connect, this can help the team hear your points um, the first time you say them instead of needing to repeat yourself, you know, over and over. So it's really important that you are speaking up and that you are being, you are actively engaging in those meetings. I would also say the third point is get involved. You know, sign up for if they offer, if your company is offering something virtual um, that you can be a participant in, uh, whether that's, you know, um, a, you know, something related to the holidays or just, you know, maybe it's a virtual, you know, virtual lunch and learn or, you know, things like that. That's a great way to get connected with other team members. I think that's going to be the biggest struggle for anybody starting a brand new company is feeling like you're this outsider that you don't know anybody. So find ways to get connected. And the fourth point I would say is be social. Um, you know, we know that remote workers are more productive when, you know, than those that maybe work in traditional offices, but it's also easy to get lost in our work and forget time to, you know, connect with your coworkers, particularly when we don't see them every day. So try being social. So if you know it's somebody's birthday, maybe you send them a voice, you know, a voicemail that, you know, wishing them a happy birthday or you, you know, if they had recent success on a project or, you know, recent promotion, you reach out and you can connect with them, you introduce yourself to them, especially those members that you're going to be interacting with on a daily basis. And then my fifth point is, you know, be available. I think one of the easiest ways to increase visibility at work is by being available to your coworkers and boss. Now, granted, this does not, you know, again, we want to have boundaries. We want to know proper times that I'm going you know, to be on work, not working, those types of things. But, you know, if you are hard to find, like you don't answer your emails or your instant messages um, in a timely manner, or you don't return voicemails, the chances are people will stop. They're going to start wondering what you're doing. And they're also going to stop, you know, they're going to start wondering, not really wanting to work with you. So, you know, it's really important that even if we liked, you know, our cocoon, like, you know, ambiance at home and our remote workspace, that you are really increasing your presence as taking advantage of as many opportunities as possible so that you can build strong, effective um, working relations with your fellow colleagues, especially your management team. And those are my five, you know, quick really tips on how to, you know, become visible while working remotely. Yeah, and that's so important. And and as you said, you attend those larger company functions and find ways to ask questions, engage, be on video as as is possible. Um, just the same things that you would do in person. Well, that maybe you would even have to encourage yourself to do in person. <laughs> it might be easier virtually, right? Instead of being in an all-member meeting where it's a huge room full of people and you have to raise your hand, now you might be able to use chat to ask that question or do something that is a little bit more comfortable as you're easing into it. But if you're not visible in those meetings, which means your face and some kind of comment, if possible, then you don't have that opportunity to to connect and uh, th- that's really important um, for that for Definitely. that connection yeah yeah I, th- I think it's really um, just the overall personal connection is really going to be critical in an individual success um, as especially when they're starting a brand new job that's going to be the critical thing and being heard and being seen it's a combination of everything yeah, and I would want to put a little bit of a exclamation point on a point that Carol made and then you said that boundaries are really important. I can't remember the data and it's been a while since they did this study, but I read a study a while ago that talked about how people who took their vacation and who put boundaries on their time at work actually advanced more than people who were kind of the first in last out types because you think about it, if I'm a leader and you're the first in, last out, I don't necessarily think, oh, this person is giving it their all. That's kind of what we assume that they think. But I might think, you know, hey, this person doesn't know how to manage their time or doesn't know how to, you know, put set boundaries 
or can't get their work done in a, in a timely manner. So they're having to put in more time. Uh, as the worker, we tend to assume it's always going to be a positive image if we're that person that's always there or responding on weekends virtually. And I got to tell you, this kind of goes um, to Nicolette's point about not having conversations via email. I was in a LinkedIn chat for a volunteer group the, la- the other weekend, and I was at the aquarium with my kids, and I shouldn't have been chatting at all, but they asked a question, and I wanted to seem responsive to this volunteer group, so I responded. And it ended up getting taken the wrong way, and it it put me in a bad place with these new relationships with this volunteer group and I shouldn't have been doing that anyways right whether it's whatever it is you that chat thing can really get us in trouble when we're working virtually and it's okay to put that in its place and to not respond right away as you were saying we want to be timely but we don't have to respond to those things over the weekend yeah, no, definitely. We do not have to, you know, we have have your established work hours and be very mindful of that. But also be mindful, too, of others' established work hours, because if you're always the person, like you said, that's asking questions over and, you know, on the weekends, then maybe the perception is not, oh, wow, they're a hard worker, but why are they working? Like, why are they not taking a break? And it can come off the wrong way very quickly. Yeah, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, you're going to get top tips from these three experts. And uh, we'll give you some other resources to start off your job virtually on the right foot. Maybe you're doing it now. Maybe you're job searching. So you're hoping to apply this information in the next few months. And uh, we're going to get their top tips when we come back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and I'll just remind you that this topic was brought to us by a listener, so if you do have a topic you'd like us to cover, please do email me, marie at careerthoughtleaders.com. We'll come straight to me, and we will get your topic on the show. Uh, We had Nicolette Barrett on with us earlier. She had to jump off, but if you want to connect with her, she's the Get Hired Strategist. And she's pretty easy to find on LinkedIn, N-I-C-K-Q-U-O-L-E-T-T-E, and then Barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T. And uh, she she shared great tips. We are going to circle back around and have Lucy Samuels share her tip for starting a job virtually. Lucy, what would you say is your top takeaway from today? Um, I think... So many, everyone shared so many wonderful things. I think that it's important to think about how people like to communicate and maybe 
get a little bit more creative. Just because we're virtual doesn't mean we only have to do things one way. Like Nicolette shared, uh, you know, stop with the email so much. It could be it could be picking up the phone or doing a Slack call or just hopping on video quickly. Or um, I like to do virtual co-working or even in-person co-working. You know, we're still in a pandemic. You can do that social distance if you have a place in your in your community where you can do that. And so that you can really get to work with your coworkers, even though you're in a remote setting. There are so many different ways to do that. So my thing is just don't assume that because you're virtual that you have to work all alone all the time in a bubble. Uh, there are other ways to to connect with your coworkers. Yeah, I've heard of some people doing that, the Zoom co-working. And I even have a colleague who's part of a group where they jump on at every day at a certain time and you're all virtual, but you're sitting there together doing mm-hmm. the most important thing for your day. And that, yes, you could do that with your colleagues and you get to know each other a little bit. You have some structure and you don't feel so alone. That's a great tip, Lucy. Thank you for that. Sure. How, how can people find you online? I am on LinkedIn, Lucy Samuels One. I have a website, lucysamuels.co. And I'm also on Instagram at lucysamuels.co. lucysamuels.co. Thank you so much, Lucy. All right, Carol, what would you say is your top tip from today? Yeah, I would say pace yourself. Um, You know, you touched on it, Marie, but burnout is very real and has been very prominent with a lot of people who have worked remotely. I know you want to go in, you want to make a great impression, you want to show that you're there and available and that you can totally do the job amazingly, even though you're doing it remotely, but pace yourself. There's a reason why there's a 30, 60, 90 day plan is so that you can really lean into understanding your role, your responsibility responsibility, building those relationships and that connection, aligning yourself for strategic initiatives. You want to take the time to figure that out before you jump in head first and just plow into becoming a worker bee and really not establishing yourself and establishing your leadership, establishing your voice and your positioning and your boundaries. It takes time to do that. So my biggest recommendation is to pace yourself, take your time, build those boundaries and definitely um, don't overtax yourself and pay attention to uh, managing yourself during this process so that you don't burn yourself out and that you then become more unavailable than available. Ah, that burnout. It's so important. And as you were saying earlier, we're so tempted to work all the time when we're virtual and when we're starting something new, maybe even more tempted to, to be overly available. Mm-hmm. And just like dating, right? That doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> That's so correct. We'll find you online. Yeah, well, I can be easily found uh, on LinkedIn. So you can type in my name and find me there. You can also go to my website, which is my name, carolparkerwalsh.com. So very easy. Use my name, put it in Google, you'll find me. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you and and Lucy and and Nicolette offer some great wisdom, as does Melanie. So, Melanie, what would be your top takeaway from today? My top takeaway is really just be personable. Put yourself out there. I know, especially for if you're an introvert, it can feel a little, you know, you feel like the new kid on in school. Um, but really make sure that your presence is known. Um, you know, be yourself just like you would be in a, you know, a a one-on-one office setting, um, start, you know, building relationships. You can still get to know your coworkers. You don't have to be, uh, I think sometimes people think like if I work remotely, I'm cut off from the rest of the world. I, I'm not going to get to know, you know, who they are, um, you know, what they like, things like that, that we might otherwise have in a, you know, a, a typical office setting. So don't be afraid to get to know your coworkers and, you know, reach out and start establishing relationships with them. And you did a poll on LinkedIn about yes, what? I did. Yeah, what were the results of that so, so let far? Let me pull this up really quickly. Should have had it up, <laughs> um, but got a lot of great engagement. A lot of talk about how HR has to, um, you know, is really going to be a big player and how the workforce is changing and you know setting up. I asked the poll about the things that uh, individuals were. 
you know, what they felt like were the biggest challenge and uh, gave them four options. One was gaining uh, visibility. The other was personal connections. And the third, you have to bear with me because I'm doing this as we speak. And of course, technology does not ever agree with you when you need it. And (laughs) so, and I'm trying to remember what my other two options were. Um, but also, um, communication was a big thing. And I know that we've talked about that as well. Um, and so, and then not working all the time. So, so far had over 102 votes so far and it's, um, lack of personal connection is at 33% with, and communicating with coworkers and gaining visibility is at 27%. And then not working all all the time was 12%. So that may not be a big challenge, (laughs) but burnout is a, burnout is a big thing right now that we are facing. So, so yeah. And then just a lot of conversations about how HR is going to play a role in this and, you know, what challenges people do face when they um, are, when they've gone to work virtually. So how can people find you online, Melanie? Yeah. yeah. So you can check out my website, which is findsucceedachieve.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Melanie Mitchell Wexler. I'm a career and a life coach, and I'm also a former recruiter. Um, and um, so, yeah, those are the two easiest ways to connect with me and would love to, you know, get connected with anybody that's listening. Yeah, that's great. And I just love, you know, the relationships. And you've talked a little bit about the introverts as well as our extroverts. Extroverts might feel cut off because they're used to being able to be in that office. Introverts might feel pressure because they hate the video. But it's really about those one-on-one relationships. That's what you can do more easily virtually, perhaps. And making those connections and creating the time and structure to do that. And in addition to managing yourself in terms of, you know, the the time and where are you balancing also thinking about and you talked about this a little bit your space and your how you're managing I I just had someone come and help me organize my office because you really can't be effective if you don't have that space and the technology and all the tools that you need so as you're getting started with your new job too don't underestimate the the power of those things and really getting started on the right foot in in getting yourself set up So if you have any other questions or other tips that you'd like to hear, please feel free to let us know. Again, you can reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. And you can find a directory of career services providers on careerthoughtleaders.com if you're looking for help with your resume or your job search, or as these ladies have demonstrated, making sure that you're doing the best at your current job, whether you're starting in in an individual contributor role or in a leadership role, all of these tips and and coaches who can help you be more effective really can advance your career. And that's what we're here to do every week on The Career Confidant to give you the tips and tools that you need to advance your career. And we'll be right back here again next week with another great topic and some other guests. We're going to have Lori Howard on next week talking about how you can grow your career. So thank you very much, and we will see you next week. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program. Brought-